so good to have you on board. As I said at the start of the show, um, I've I've done something awful last week that I feel really, really terrible about. Um, something, something accidentally awful. This is kind of a confessional. So let me explain. I'm a big neighbourhood watch kind of guy. Uh, if uh, if anything so suspects going on our street, I get involved. You remember I talked before about people going too fast down the street yeah, or like people putting cones out to park. I'm there. I want. I've got a, kind of a song, a, like a strong sense of social justice. You've shared with us before how you love looking through front windows on a dark evening, just to check that people are okay. Exactly. Nothing untoward. I'll be confessing about that next week. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was cycling home from work late last week, beginning of the week, kind of, I think it was Monday night, uh, and I saw some people that I thought uh, were breaking into our local church at the end of our, our road. Oh, horrible crime. In the garden area of it. So I could see kind of slightly disheveled-looking people trying to get in through the back bit of the church. And I was like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. So I put my foot down, cycled the last bit of the journey in, like, super record time, threw my bike into the hall... Uh, sat down with my mobile phone and called the police. Yeah. So there's like a number you can call if it's not like, not 999, mm. but whatever that kind of next tier is. Yeah. Uh, and I report that. I think people right now, as we speak, I've described them. I've seen them breaking into the back of the church and everything like that. Uh, and put the phone down thinking, there, I've, there I am. I've done myself a good turn. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? My bit for society. It was only as I was getting into bed later on in that evening, I found out on, uh, from my other half, Katie. Uh, that it was, in fact, a nighttime soup kitchen for the homeless. Oh, no. That they'd set up. Oh, no. In the, chur- in the church. Oh. So the police had gone down there and, like, I don't know, not rounded them up, but no. they've obviously asked them questions and all that kind of thing. These are people who are trying to put their lives back together. Yeah. And it's all because of me. And it's in um, God's own house in many ways. I mean, best intentions. Best intentions. But still, that's awful. I feel terrible about it. <laughs> A soup kitchen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, and even to the point where I said uh, there was there was even a couple of them. These burglars. This is me on the phone. There was even a couple of them hiding in like the church bit across the road. They were just queuing. Yeah. Didn't want to stand in the road. <laughs> so I just thought to make myself feel a little bit better. This hour of home time. If you've done something, like I say, with best intentions, but accidentally awful, and you feel quite bad about it, confess it on the show. Bit of choral music in the background, uh, and get it off your chest. Eight, twelve, fifteen. And the weird thing is as well. Uh, if you remember right back when we first started this show, and I just moved to Leon C. Do you remember I was saying I, I was browsing in uh, what I thought was like an oops box in the local co-op, looking at stuff, thinking, oh, I might go for that. Oh, you know, is that reduced? Turns out that was a donation box for the local homeless as well. So I don't, I don't want to end this show this evening with you lot thinking I've got beef with the homeless community of Southend, but it's panning out that way. Uh, your stories tonight, please. Jessica says, uh, when I was in year 11... I had a joke with a year seven I mentored that uh, where we'd pretend to fight if we saw each other, in brackets, his idea. Half the time he loved it, the other half the time he would glare at me like I was a creep. I later found out that he had an identical twin who must have been... (laughs) Must have been terrified. We've got Mark on the line. Mark, what accidentally awful thing did you do? In the snow a couple of weeks ago, um, I slid on the snow, crashed right into the bumper of a van. Right. Um, Didn't notice any damage, number plate come off. Uh, And then a few days after, I parked up at Tesco, uh, came back out, massive dent in my bonnet. I'd gone back in, asked to see CCTV, and they wouldn't let me because of data protection. Yeah. (laughs) So I've had to call the police... Report it as a crime. I bet you were fuming. I bet you were fuming at this point. Oh, I was livid. Livid. So then I'd I'd looked across my old photos. Obviously, I had to take photos of any damage of the van and and my car and then notice that this dent was already there. (laughs) So I've had to get on the portal with the police. I'm very sorry. Apologetic and all that kind of stuff. So... (laughs) Time waster. They've got you down as a time waster then, fella, haven't they? (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Matthew says a man came up to me at a train station to ask for change. He was holding a cup and I dumped a few quid's worth of 10p's, 20p's and 50p's in there in one go. Uh, it turned out he wanted money in his free hand. His cup was filled with coffee until I chucked a load of money in there. Uh, and Angela says, was on the tube to get back uh, to my train from Liverpool Street after a gig and someone asked me for directions how to get to Moorgate to Liverpool Street on foot. I sent them the wrong way down Moorgate as there are more than one exit. She would have missed her last train home. Uh, they are being absolved of their uh, blame and their sins by admitting it on home time this evening. Maybe it's time for you to do the same. And I've just been reminded via text from one of my uh, members of my family who I won't name, but they reminded me that not that long ago uh, we were on the way back down to Devon from watching an Everton game late at night. We're on the M5 driving down to Devon. And, I, and this is honestly true. I was in the passenger seat. My dad was driving. I thought I saw a train on fire to the left of us but on, on the railway tracks. I was like, oh, my God, that train is on fire at the front of it. So I called the police again. There's a pattern. Called the police, started to report it. And as we kind of drew level with the train, it turned out it was a steam train and that was the furnace. So I think what I'm going to do now is just keep away from my phone. There's something I've heard in passing about the whole Christmas festive period that I'm just a little bit concerned about. And I know, I know this isn't you, Lot. I, I just want to allow you yourself the opportunity to rule yourselves out of this kind of behaviour. So I heard someone say the other day uh, that they have not one but two Christmas trees in the house. And again, I heard it in passing, so I can't really confirm it. But I thought to myself, that can't be a thing. You know how much faff it is even putting one tree up. Why would you put yourself through that to do two trees. That's the first thing. Secondly, where's the other tree going? I can't think of a place in our entire house where another tree could actually go. This is ridiculous. So, uh, I just want to... Cards on the table this hour of the show. We're always honest with each other in the home time family. Cards on the table. How many Christmas trees have you got in the house currently? And Matt says naught, so that's fine. If you've got none, then fine, that's, that's your choice. Steve sent me a Scrooge gif on Twitter. I'm not having a go at anyone, I just, wanna, I just want the facts before I make judgement. And believe you me, I will make judgement. Uh, Selfish Glynn on Twitter says, One indoor fake, one outdoor real, any more than that is a fool's game. Seems like everyone's got an opinion on it, so have a little think about your, where you live, what you do, your lifestyle, right? How many Christmas trees have you got in the house right now? And let's have a proper little survey on this and see where we're at in the United Kingdom in 2021. 8, 12, 15 to text the show. You can tweet as well, at Absolute Radio. Martin says, naught. Fair play. Sticking to his guns. No, no explanation, just zero. Brentford on Twitter says, one because we're normal. Someone having a slight pop. It's kind of emotive, this, isn't it? People trying to make a point. Simon says, Bush, I've got... Listen to this. I've got two indoor trees up, one in the main lounge, one in the sun lounge. Who the hell does he think he is? Louis the Sixteenth. Simon and Ellesmere Port, the, the town of my birth, says three trees in our house, lounge, dining room, conservatory. All of these people have got flipping mansions. That genuine, like I said earlier on, I can't think of another place where I, another tree could go in our house. So, cards on the table, how many trees have you got in your house, Christmas time, wise? Turn into a bit of an incident desk, this. Lissa in Milton Keynes says we have two artificial trees, one in the main sitting room, one in the conservatory, where we'll be eating dinner this evening. 
almost like royalty. Sandra in Butte says, One tree, thanks, Bush. I'm not royalty or a Kardashian, so no orangery here. It's just the living room in my flat. Good on you. Uh, we've got Claire on the line. Uh, Claire, you all right? Good. What have you been doing? Well, I'm just cooking tea and listening to you on the radio. Fantastic. And can we can we ask, can we pry as to what you're having for tea this evening, what you're cooking, people? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm doing a savoury mince and light little ro- uh, roast potatoes in the oven. I've got that on the go. And my fussy kids are just having, like, kind of crispy chicken noodles and veg. Wow, so you're <laughs> cooking a different meal for the kids because they're fussy. Oh, yeah, not every night, but I am at the minute. <laughs> okay, a, a savoury mince and potatoes sounds fantastic. It's like a, a, a meal that got us through the Second World War. Oh, I know, I'm going back to like the olden days. <laughs> Get some, some bully beef food. on, yeah, and uh, put the blackout blinds <laughs> on. But uh, I wanted to talk to you, Claire, about uh, the number of Christmas trees that you have in the house at the moment. Please share with the group. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have four. Four Christmas trees in the house. Four, yeah, so I've got um, like a traditional kind of gold, red and green in the kitchen dining room. Yeah. Um, and then in the main living room, I've got a big, again, traditional one with like kind of nice pinks and lavenders sort of colours on. Just to, just to confirm, the together. you just you described that as the main living room. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but because it's quite a big room, um, when you sit down, we don't have anything to look at because it's kind of over your shoulder. So we've got a small one next to the TV. Right. We've got two in that room. And then this year, we've uh, we've got another sitting room and I've gone retro with like the the trees that I grew up with in the 80s the, the different coloured lights and baubles and really lots wow. of different colours on that one so it's all going on at your house Claire do you, do you ever feel that, the, that you know there's a number a, a finite number of Christmas trees where it's too many um, I think four's probably enough <laughs> four's the absolute <laughs> limit yeah I don't think I can do another one um, but I've got and then outside I've just got lights up around the around the uh, top of the house Brilliant. Well, listen, lovely to speak to you. Enjoy your tea. Take care. Thank you. Thanks very much. Genuinely, 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 I just presume people just had one tree in the house. How wrong was I? Susie in Ip- Ipswich says, Bush and Richie, I'm not normally uh, one... I, I, I'm normal, she says, just to clarify, and I have one, but my stepdaughter's mum has seven. One in each child's bedroom, times three, one in the living room, one in the cosy room, one in the conservatory, and one in the utility room. I won't name and shame her, adds Susie. That's unbelievable. Kerry says, no Christmas trees here. We have a white ceramic Santa on the shelf. This gets a bit weird. She says, I turn him round to face the room on the 1st of December, and I turn him around to face the wall after Christmas. Kerry, mate, that's terrifying. And then this one, this might be the winner, and we're going to have to come back to this at some point, because this is ridiculous. He doesn't give any other details. Mark in Stoke-on-Trent says, I love Christmas, I've got eight trees. It's Home Time with Bush and Ritchie, the show that has a radio station for every decade. And right now, let's put our money where our mouth is and jump through time. You are now travelling on a trip into the unknown. In a long, dark tunnel through time, the years fly past, age ceases to exist. Where will you land? Will you ever return to your own time? Only Bush and Ritchie can save you now as you travel through the decades. One of you could be winning 500 quid. As yet again, we take you through the decades. Can you answer a question in sequence from each of the Absolute Radio Decade stations to make it safely home from the start point uh, and win yourself big? On the line to play, we have the lovely Alison. How's it going, Alison? It's pretty good at the moment. Hello. Hello. Pretty good. Pretty good is a qualified good. What's taken the edge off the day? Nothing, actually. The weather's a little bit dismal, but that's it. 
Okay. okay. Well, I think we're going to upgrade it to good for you. Yeah. Any other Thank benefits you. you could pick out of today, bar just slightly clement weather? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No. No. Just um, just had a bit of a chilled one today, really. Hey. Well, hopefully in yeah. a couple of minutes' time, uh, the day's going to go up one more gear because uh, we've got cash for you if you can answer seven questions, one from each of our sister stations: Absolute Radio, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, noughties, tens, and the present day. Uh, you'll have sixty seconds on the clock to get all seven correct. Can't pass on a question and when the time's up, the game ends. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, yes. Fantastic. Well, I feel like she has an air of calm and confidence about her, Alison. She's going to do well. Alison, which decade would you like to start your journey in? I'm just going to start in the 60s. That's the decade I was born in, so... Don't sound it, Alison. You don't sound it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're smooth. Right, OK. <laughs> Alison, let's go through the decades. Through the decades. 60s. Telly Savalas played Blofeld in which 1969 James Bond film? Live and Let Die? No. Gold Man with a Golden Gun? No, but keep keep firing Bond films off. Go on. Um. Oh, no. I'm no good on Bond films. I would say this um, is a lesser spotted Bond um, movie. Uh, Think royalty. Oh. <sighs> Think lady royalty. Lady royalty. Queen. Kind queen. of. Mm. What, what would you call the queen? Elizabeth. As you, yeah, well, that's quite. <laughs> Mom. As you bow, as you bow before her, you might say. Oh it. no, I'm not going to do this, am I? Alice, up against it. Oh dear. Say on Her Majesty's Secret Service. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, too one late. right, <laughs> but it's a little bit too late. Oh no, you are lost in time. Courtesy of Home Time with Bush and Richie. Uh, Alison, I'm afraid you're trapped in the 1960s, which means you're going to be using town gas and eating coal for your tea. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> but at least you can, like, steal your schoolmates, because it was the decade that you were unbelievably born. You were, yeah, so it's actually kind of all, all fits together for you. Yeah, it does, yes. It's, all, it's not too bad to be stuck here. I feel, I feel bad for Alison there, because that's a weird Bond film, right? It is a weird Bond film, but it is one all the same, sadly. That's a good point, it's a good point. Uh, Alison, hard luck. Uh, for your chance to play and bag yourself £500, uh, you can call 03301231215 and enter for tomorrow. And if you can't wait until then, you can, of course, play Through the Decades on your Amazon smart speaker right now by just saying to it, open the Through the Decades game. It's an honour to welcome to the show broadcaster turned board game designer Matt Edmondson. And as we welcome you to the show, Matt, Richie and I were walking back from our little cafe where we plan our show and we thought, on a minute, we might be being robbed here. <laughs> a hoodlum riding an electronic scooter was getting in the door of the building. We thought, well, you know, is there going to be any trouble here? Just turns out it was you turning up. It was me. I'd like to point out the electric part of it was very much off at that point, <laughs> just in case any <laughs> legal professionals are listening. I was using thigh power and thigh power alone. Yes. But yeah, that's how I like to get around. Love it. Because I have a... Uh, 
I know, life's ambition to be incredibly uncool. <laughs> and that's really helping me out at the moment. We love the fact that his, his scooter is now charging up in the corner of the studio here. Mm. Yeah, because he obviously couldn't have used it to arrive because well, it was exactly charging up right now. No that's battery. It. No I battery. Won't be using it on the way back with no. the battery. It's just nice to use power that someone else is paying for. <laughs> or you could do, though, if your back garden was next door to the studios here, that would be your own that property. That would be fine. It would be private land. I'd be able to ride the scooter safely and sensibly there. If yeah. you want to uh, get the full laminated T's and C's of uh, Matt's scooter's <laughs> usage, we'll be releasing that at the end of the show this evening. Uh, how are you doing? Welcome to home time. How are things? How's, how's life going, Matt? Yeah, good. Life is pretty good. It's a busy time now because obviously Christmas is coming. That's busy generally. Uh-huh. As you mentioned, I've sort of accidentally started a board games company. As and you do. Uh, this is the busy time for us. We're like Santa's elves. <laughs> There's nothing happened. January to November... <laughs> Nothing happens. Want to talk about this accidental board game company. You've done it with your brother-in-law. Yes. So how does this come about? Does this come about because you're A, both into games, or B, you actually get on with an in-law and thought, we've got something in us? Okay, so it's the second one. We get on. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't really have any interest in board games, and I... I'm sure he won't mind me saying he hasn't got a creative bone in his body, but right. what he is good at doing... Can he have that on his uh, resume, his he has, LinkedIn profile? That's the, the header page. Yeah, That's just the note. Not a creative bone in my body. But then you turn over and you see he's very good with logistics, ah, right, which okay. I'm not. I'm very disorganised in all aspects of my life. I find being an adult quite hard, but he's very good at the adulty bit. And, uh, and so I said, look, I've got these ideas. I've got loads of ideas. I'd made games in the past, but I'd always gotten other people to make them. And then in lockdown... I suddenly found myself with loads of time on my hands, as we all did, and I thought, what can I do? So I turned to YouTube and I learnt product design from YouTube, just watching loads of videos. Oh, wow. And I had a go at making a game. And we made this game and he he said, if you can design it, I'll get it made. So the first game we made was called Answergrams, which is like a simple trivia quiz which leads you to a countdown conundrum type anagram and uh, we made a few of them and we sold about in a week we've been challenged by the amazing people at asthma day uk to come up with our own board game maybe like a home time show board game uh, so we're after a steer from you here a board game creator is there one factor that makes a board game a success what what differentiates uh, a board game that's not so good from those board games that we all know are brilliant well i think There are two camps of board games. There are the ones that look terrifying to play, that have masses of instructions and you have to build things to get involved. And I think for those types of games, what people love is the intricate balance of game theory and strategy. They wouldn't ever call it that, but that's what they love. They love that there's a bit of risk, a bit of reward. Oh, I'm going to get something good, but I'm going to have to... It's going to cost me something, and they like that. The games that I'm into, the ones that I make, are more about just a feeling of... I want joy, laughter and silliness and I want it 10 seconds ago and I don't really want to have to read the instructions. And so I reckon the best angle to go for is find one simple thing, like the simplest idea you can, uh-huh. and then build everything else around that. Well, we do. Sometimes we play this game when the songs are on on Home Time where Richie might have some money in his pockets and I'll get him to jump and then we try and work out how much change he's got. We call it Change It Up. Change It Up. It's good get. I like that. That it's could be a start. Good. Now, you're going to have, today, got you're no have trouble marketing that, <laughs> not least of all because, guys, it's nearly 2022 <laughs> and they're phasing actual physical money out. That's a good point. Uh, but also because it already exists. The okay. game exists. 
Well, no, money exists. Okay, sorry. Sorry right. to break okay. that to you. Okay, uh, sorry. Money already exists. Imagine if the game didn't exist. Wow. But you could take that concept, because what we have to analyse is what do we like about that? Well, we like the fact that you know a piece of information and you don't. Yeah. That there's some clue being given which is sort of attainable because you've heard money jingle around before, yeah. but also quite hard. There's a bit of luck involved because you won't necessarily, unless you're like Darren Brown for this kind of thing, yeah. you're not going to know the exact denominations of coin that are jingling. Yeah. And so I think you could take the essence, take the feeling of that, and then spin it into something bigger. Well, look, going back to the company that you formed with your brother-in-law, you said one of you needed to be creative, one of you needed to be logistic. I think we've got that nailed. You being creative, I love train timetables and maps. I'd, I'd say that I am logistical. <laughs> OK, are you think... prepared to post out thousands of games from your living room? <laughs> I'm tight, so no. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned lockdown. I think lockdown has been fantastic for board gaming. As you all know, I'm, I'm like a big board gaming fan. absolutely love it. Uh, what, one thing that we go to quite a bit is uh, the board game cafe, Drafts, which is you know a great place in London. They've got all the games yeah. there and you can go. Uh, weirdly, I was just chatting to the owner of that place the other day and he was saying that so many people go now to board game cafes and stuff to go on first dates. Yeah. It's an icebreaker. A game like the games that you produce are a really good way of like not having to just sit there and stare into each other's eyes on a first date. You're doing something uh, like an intermediary thing which kind of lessens the stress slightly. Wouldn't you yeah, agree? and also you're getting synthesised fun, aren't you? Like immediate fun straight away. Yeah. And I think that, you know, particularly with trivia games, there's often stuff that comes up that can lead to other conversations. I also think that people go to those places just to discover new games because actually the games that look the worst are sometimes the best games they have the best mechanics in them and it often just requires someone that really cares about them to say hey try this out and i think that's where board game cafes come into their own uh well listen it's been an honor to have you on we've got some we've got a lot of food for thought there uh, go buy egg slam and so wrong it's right uh, if you want to have a bit of an icebreaker uh, this christmas uh, with the family and stuff like that as well fantastic games uh, matt edmondson thank you so much thanks guys cheers matt Welcome one and all to a very festive home time show. Our particular way of uh, marking the uh, the journey towards Christmas isn't having 15 Christmas trees up in the house like we heard uh, people in the last hour of the show. Our way of being festive is every day on the show meeting and introducing to the whole of the United Kingdom another Dave of Christmas. And it's time to meet our new one right now. Who is this on the line? Hi, it's David from Waltham Abbey in Essex. Oh, oh he's gone formal. Very formal, David. David indeed. Yeah. Dave to friends or we we just going to go with David during this call? Dave, Dave to friends or anyone who could call me Dave, that's fine. Do you know what? We've got a fair bit of business we need to take uh, take care of immediately from the way uh, David replied there. Yeah. You've got to talk about how the song's going to scan because hopefully he's going to go with Dave. Yeah, yeah, But then yeah. also you've got from Waltham Abbey. I mean, that's, you know, c can we compromise and go Essex? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of obstacles there, David. I'm going to be honest with you. I think we'll go with Essex. I'm happy with that. It's Fantastic. A lot easier, I think. But you're refusing to budge on David, or are we going to be Dave for the song? I don't mind. What, no, do you, do you want, do you want, no, 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 don't, don't sell yourself out on home time. Let's stick with this. Stick to your guns. You're David during this. If you're David from, when, when we get to it, you do David, but we'll go with Essex as the compromise. Excellent. <laughs> oh, we're mired in controversy already today. Love it. Uh, right then, so have you got a singing voice? You're a musical man, Dave? David? <laughs> Yes, um, well, I, I've known to sing a few tunes after a few uh, beverages. There in, we go. In the pub, but, and uh, we take it at th this time of the day, you haven't yet been drinking. <laughs> no, I've not been anywhere yet. I'm, I'm uh, in the middle of isolation, so I've kind of pulled oh. myself. So your show's been keeping me going. Oh, David. how much longer have you got left until you can kind of run out into the sunshine? 
I've gone until sat- Saturday. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. We've got the jukebox show. and In fact, our office Christmas party yeah. on Friday and stuff as well. So, And then Indie Disco Saturday night. You'll be laughing. That's it. Definitely tuned in. Well, let's get singing. This will perk your spirits up. Uh, we're looking forward to this. Okay. Let's take it away. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... David from Essex, Dave from Plymouth, Dave from Liverpool, and a Dave in Manchester. Fantastic work, excellent use of David, quite formal, but I like it, mixes the song up a little bit. Would you like to represent not only Dave's in the United Kingdom, but in the entire world, and of course, your neck of the woods? All you've got to do is get in touch now, you can drop us a little email, hometime at absolutelyradio.co.uk, and you, yes you... Reach for the Stars could be the fifth day of Christmas tomorrow on the show. 